You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. This is going to be a fun podcast, a little different from what we normally do, but with the game coming up against Auburn this weekend and part of the Locked On Podcast Network, we like to do a little crossover promotion, and that's what we're going to do today as I welcome in Zach Blackerby and Michael Pappas, who are the host of Locked On Auburn Podcast. Fellas, really appreciate you setting this up and helping me do this, and I know that uh, you said we're going to do a little uh, across uh, podcasting here, so how's everything going in Auburn land? Yeah, it's good. It's good. You know, um, I, I guess. Uh, I think we're handling things from this past weekend a lot better than a lot of the folks down here. Um, you know, Auburn's trip to Athens wasn't exactly fun to watch, but here we are and, uh, you know, getting ready for Auburn, Arkansas. But yeah, John, always look forward to uh, chatting with you. I think we've done this three or four years in a row now as far as kind of previewing this Auburn, Arkansas matchup. So I think it'll be fun. Yeah, well, actually, I wanted to ask you all because, you know, I-, I will admit seeing Auburn's offense struggle is one of my favorite things so far this season. And it has nothing to do with Auburn personally. It just has to do with the fact that it's Chad Morris as the offensive coordinator. I mean, again, I, I, I'm not root, saying I'm rooting against Auburn because it's Auburn. I'm rooting against Auburn's offense, if, if that can make sense. If y'all can go undefeated the rest of the way, uh, winning games 3-2, to two, that's fine, just as long as the offense does not work because I am taking so much pride and so much happiness in seeing the offense struggle right now. Yeah, I mean, the fans were kind of shell-shocked to some extent. I mean, you look at what they did against Kentucky week one, there was some excitement, there was some big plays, and then obviously what they did against Georgia was a disaster, an absolute, absolute disaster. But, I mean, John, I mean, were you able to see all of the hype uh, from Auburn over the offseason about how excited they were for Chad Morris and Michael and I bought into it. We were excited about the tight end. Auburn fans have been begging for them to throw to the tight end for, for years, as long as I've been covering the team. And you're seeing a little bit more of that. But, I mean, just there's this big debate among Auburn fans this week about, like, is it the scheme? Is it the play calling? Or does the offensive line just stink? And, uh, I mean, Michael, you may have a different angle on it than me. We've kind of gone back and forth about this. But to me, like, I don't really see an issue as far as the scheme yet, John. I, I think the offensive line's just really bad. Yeah, John, you just described my nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> what, because John? then Auburn would keep winning games and everyone would be complaining about how bad they are. Uh, and, and we would be sitting here like, uh, but they're 7-1. They're and one. <laughs> The defense is holding opponents to two points per game. <laughs> Man, it, it's funny because, uh, you know, you guys were talking about the hype and, and all of that. Um, I'm going to be honest. Like, I, I understand because I kind of bought into the hype when Chad Morris got hired at Arkansas because I was like, okay, you know, this guy's a, a really good offensive mind and he's a guru and he's got a lot of connections in Texas, which is big for recruiting, as we all know. I was like, hey, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe this will work out. And it didn't. But here's the thing. When Auburn hired him as OC, and I saw some of the people buying in, the excitement surrounding it uh, in Auburn, I was like, okay, here's my thing, though, guys. It'd be one thing if Chad Morris went 2-10 back-to-back years as head coach at Arkansas, 
but the quarterback situation was pretty good. Or the offense, you could see, hey, yeah, this offense is pretty effective because that's what he's supposed to be known for. That's what he's supposed to be. But it wasn't at all. It like So even the thing that he was supposed to be good at, he was terrible at. And so when he got hired at Auburn, I'm like, and unless he was just sabotaging the Arkansas program, which I have a conspiracy theory on, mind you. But <laughs> we'll get that in a second. Yeah, unless he was doing that, I, I, just, I just looked at it as, all right, I don't see why they, anyone thinks that this guy is going to go to Auburn and all of a sudden, oh, now he knows how to coach. Now he knows how to have an offense. Now he knows how to get it done. I just never saw it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, was Saturday the worst day possible for, for Chad Morris? I mean, a, a terrible outing offensively against Georgia, and then Arkansas wins their first game and you know multiple seasons. It's like, oh, man, that is uh, not a good look for Chad Morris in prime time on Saturday night. Yeah, I can tell you why why I kind of gave Chad Morris a little pass, and that's because he inherited what he inherited from from Brett Belima, who just ran about the opposite system as Chad Morris did uh, on offense. Just from a size of your players, a what you're you know what you're asking them to do. Um, before, I think it was before Chad Morris's first game. Um, there was a story. It might have been on game day. It might have just been in a pregame or something. That was about how, you know, he had to have all the offensive linemen just start trying to shed weight because Belima was having them do the opposite. Uh, Belima wanted them all to be large human beings. Um, speaking of which, Sam Pittman and Brett Belima look very similar on the sideline, right? I'm not just making that up. That's not in my head. Oh come on now! Don't be don't be starting to insult the man already after getting a win. Don't say he's compared to Brett Bielema. That guy. Well, here's the thing: like, if you want to look at it from, you know, hey, they're just big guys. That's one. But hey, when Brett Bielema came to Arkansas, he was he wasn't small, but he wasn't big. It was uh, a little bit of the uh, you know getting a little comfortable, getting fat and happy, you know, and also sipping back on Grandpa's old cough medicine a little too much is what made him get to that point. So. I mean, I guess in like just be having big dudes, yeah, I guess that would be the comparison. But you're gonna you're gonna upset some Razorback fans if you start, you know, talking about their boy like that and comparing him to Brett Bielema, which a lot of people still have a lot of hatred here. I'm I mean, sorry. Do, I mean, do, do Arkansas fans? I mean, are are they all in on Pittman? I know when they made that announcement that he was going to be the next head coach over the course of the off season, there was kind of some mixed feelings across the SEC. I mean. Uh, what was the feeling then, and then what's the feeling now, or is it about the same? Oh, it's, Zach, they uh, won a game. What do you think? Yeah, the it's, is? it's yeah. like it's, it's like uh, everyone's all in on Pittman right now because yeah, he won a game and they hadn't won in twenty straight against SEC opponents. So that alone, of course, as we all know, winning's going to cure everything. But yeah. it's it's honestly more than that because Sam Pittman was like able to not only come in. Uh, as a guy who's never been a head coach before, but he like he he legitimately loves Arkansas. Like Chad Morris didn't give a rip about Arkansas. He didn't even move his family to Fayetteville. Like <laughs> in his entire well, his years. son was playing Texas high school football. Yeah, but but the thing is, is I, I'm I, even if that's the case, okay, then bring him up in the Northwest Arkansas because it, or don't get hired because that is a problem for people to have where it's like you're not only is your family not living here, but then you're flying down every Friday night to go watch your son play football, which I understand from the family perspective, but you're also a football coach, like at a major university. Sacrifices have to be made if you get hired, which, uh, you know, I, I personally, at the time, I didn't have a problem with, but I look back on him like, eh, it probably wasn't the best thing. But the point is, is that 
Uh, Sam Pittman was like, he's all in on Arkansas. He loves the university. He loves the area. He hired a tremendous staff. Getting Barry Odom was huge, and we see how well that's paying off. The recruiting is going really well as far as Arkansas standards go. Uh, he, he's just a guy that, you know, there's not a lot of controversy. There's not a lot of stupid, silly sayings like left lane Hammertown and full tilt boogie and one rate or uh, uncommon, whatever Brett Bielman's was. It, it's just simple. Like, it's just football. So he he's starting to really gain a lot of favor for Razorback fans because they feel like he's building something. And it's going to take a few years to really see how good of a coach he is, of course. But as far as we know right now and from what he's done so far, he's doing all the right things by Arkansas fans. My favorite thing that I've heard about Pittman, and you brought it up in your interview on Locked on Razorbacks earlier in the, in the week. I think it was on your Tuesday show when you, when you talked with him, John. But the, the jukebox comment in the yeah. locker room, that was like that's objectively funny. I know, and and that's where it's like because he came on my radio show and on my podcast yesterday, and I had to ask him that because I'm like, dude, that's something like my dad would say, you know, <laughs> like he's hearing this loud music, he's like, hey, turn that jukebox down. It's like, what? Who has a jukebox anymore? Um, but I, I saw that and I just laughed. so I'm like, I have to ask. I'm like, surely, surely somebody went up to him like, hey, coach, you, you know, it's not called a jukebox, right? But yeah, it, it, but it just that is just so like indicative of who Sam Pittman is, man. He's just a simple guy. He's just he's he does, he's not trying to be all you know pomp and circumstance or anything like that. He's just a run of the mill good old boy that coaches football. So. Uh, it was a funny comment uh, for him to say and for people to hear. And I think uh, everybody enjoyed hearing him have fun with it because that's what they like. They like seeing guys have fun, and he had fun with it. We'll continue our discussion with the guys over at the Locked On Auburn podcast. But first, folks, have you ever heard of Built Go? You've heard of Built Barb. What about Built Go? You know, it, this is this newest thing that I had the privilege of trying myself. And essentially what it is is it's a built type of snack that will help you break through that wall. Because we all hit a wall during the day, right? The loss of energy, you know, the coffee's not working anymore. We just got to make it through the final stretch of the day. And that's what Built Go is built for. Because not only does it combine energy gel with collagen protein, it's also fast absorbing in the system. So it gets into the, it gets into your system fast, as well as it's very easy on the stomach. And it's got all different types of vitamins to help you get that extra boost of energy you need with Built Go to be able to break through that wall. So if you visit BuiltGo.com, use promo code LOCKED, you'll get 30% off your next order. Again, go to BuiltGo.com, enter in the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 30% off your next order they got great different flavors and it makes it so easy so affordable and none of that five hour energy crash with the with the five hour energy crash that you have after taking it but it's going to be great for you so be sure to check it out again go to builtgo.com and use promo code locked for 30 percent off your next order you are locked on razorbacks your daily arkansas razorbacks podcast Moving to, to on the field, obviously uh, a, a, a huge win for the program last weekend. What is, what's the vibe? What's the feeling heading into this game? Are, are fans confident? Do they think Arkansas can, can come into Auburn and take the victory? Okay, well, I, I was laughing about that too because I like to do these poll questions for my radio show. And uh, I simply asked the question, I'm like, are you leaning towards a Razorback win on Saturday or a loss? Where... You know, I'm not saying people have to predict whether or not they win or lose, but where are you leaning? How are you feeling? 
63% of my listening audience said leaning towards a win. So overconfidence is not uh, anything they're short of right now against <laughs> Auburn. But here, here's the thing. My opinion, I, I don't think Arkansas wins. Uh, I don't. I, I think that it'll be a much more competitive game than uh, what it has been in previous years. I think it'll be a hard-fought battle. I think it'll be an ugly game. I think uh, both offenses are going to struggle uh, pretty mightily. But I just think Auburn's too talented. So, uh, But the confidence is there, and I think that that's what Razorback fans have been missing for so long. They're like, yes, we can finally at least say we have a puncher's chance of winning an SEC game, which uh, I, don't, I don't know if you guys realize this, but I just found this stat that since Gus Malzahn's been the head coach at Auburn, he's averaged 46 points against Arkansas. And there's nothing that Gus loves more than running up the score on Arkansas. Like, it is crazy. Yeah, like he he makes a, makes a point of it, and I don't blame him. I mean, I mean that's that's what makes uh, some of these situations great when it comes to these matchups. But uh, I would be hard pressed to see them score that many points against Arkansas because I think Barry Odom and the job he's doing. Uh, I know it's all about matchups, but I think he's just he's always going to have a game plan where he may not completely stop offenses, but he'll definitely slow them down and uh, try to make them do different things. So uh, I, I really see this game to be ugly, but I still think Auburn's just – they're just too talented not to win. And if they and I'm telling you guys right now, and I said this on my radio show yesterday, and I want you guys' thoughts on it. If Auburn loses to Arkansas, and it's because of the offense struggling again, Auburn's got to make a move on Chad Morris right then and there. Like, they, they have to – I don't know if I'm saying they fire him, or but, you know, Gus may come out and do his, ah, I'm taking back over the play calling duty, something like that. Because, uh, listen, this is coming from people, someone who follows Arkansas and grew up a Razorback fan. If y'all lose to Arkansas, heads need to roll, and it might need to be Chad Morris's. Well, I mean, as soon as halftime rolled around Saturday, I mean, people are already calling for Malzahn's job. And there's been, you know, this well-documented friendship between Malzahn and Morris. I don't know – if he would do that to Chad, I, I I really don't know if he would do that. I mean, should it happen if Auburn were to lose to Arkansas on Saturday and you know Auburn score six points again like they did against Georgia or something like that? I mean, even if it's you know 10, 12, I mean 13 points and you know Arkansas puts up you know kind of a similar offensive performance that uh, that, that Georgia did, yeah, I think it would be warranted. I don't think he would do it though, Michael. Do you think he'd do it? I do not. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I don't think it would. I think it's easy for us to forget now that the the games are back being played that there was no spring practice or and you know an abbreviated fall camp and no summer ball. Mm. So like these guys have only been learning the offense on the field for six weeks and Chad Morris has only actually been with the players for like six weeks well I, I like I guess I like it maybe because of that fact and because of the friendship you know that's probably an angle that would be that way but say like at the end of the season like I feel like we've talked about this before I know probably on last time we've talked Zach uh, last year's podcast or whatever but like this is a weird time COVID and you know 10 game schedule and all that stuff like yeah. It, what's what's what has to happen? Like, what's the threshold? What's the win total? What what is it going to have to be for Malzahn to not get fired this year? Because I'm not saying because he's always under pressure. Like we all know that and he's always under pressure. And obviously, what you guys said from last weekend's performance, people are pretty upset. But like, what's it going to take? Like, what's the uh, what's the mark he has to get to this year in order to make sure that 2021 is a season he's still the head coach of Auburn? 
I mean, I think unless he goes like three and seven or four and six, I think anything above five and five, he's there just because there's not enough money in the athletic department right now to afford the buyout because, you know, all of these, all of these athletic departments throughout the SEC, throughout college football and, you know, just throughout the country in general, there's no, there's no money because you can't have fans pay for stuff. So I don't think that they could afford his buyout, John. I, I don't I don't see any kind of realistic scenario where Malzahn is not the head coach next year. Man, like I, I just I keep wondering because we all know in college football and just in football in general, like coaches coach because how long this is uh Malzahn's what, seventh year, eighth year? Eight. Eighth year. Year eight. Yep. Like that's unheard of in college football, unless you're like winning I, national titles. You know, like uh, you think about like guys like Mike Gundy. He's he, you know he's kind of a a rarity, and we and for a coach that's never won a championship. Like obviously Dabo and Nick Saban and those guys, they've been there forever, but they've won titles. But you know, it's just very rare that you see that. And honestly, I, I've always just found the situation with Auburn and Malzahn fascinating because you know they've they've had this on and off again relationship where. It seems like all right, Malzahn's finally going to get fired. Oh crap, he beat Bama. Well, we better we better keep him on for another year. Just uh, it's always very interesting to see how a coach like Malzahn and a program like Auburn have this just up and down relationship where Gus does just enough. It seems like to keep his job every year. Well, first of all, let's be honest. All that really matters is beating Bama. Yes. Second of all. Every time that it looks like he's about to get fired, he uses the opening in the Arkansas job to get more money. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Because uh, Jimmy Sexton's his agent, right? And then his agent. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. There. Well, there you go. <laughs> I mean, he's out there wheeling and dealing. I mean, uh, the time at seventeen was. I mean, it was just incredible, and we all kind of saw it happening in real time. And and John, you kind of came on uh, the podcast that I was doing at the time covering Auburn, and you were like, hey, you know, Arkansas is going to go after them. They're going to go after them. And then it ended up happening. And I think in most situations, Auburn would have been like, okay, go to Arkansas, Gus. Like, you do your thing, bro. But he beat two number one teams in the same month. It was only, only coach to ever do that. I mean, just the timing was absolutely incredible with the opening in Arkansas and then you know, those two number ones uh, with Georgia and Alabama coming to Jordan Hare that year. I mean, just uh, absolutely crazy stuff. Yeah. Absolutely crazy stuff. And we get to blame you guys for that. Yeah. So. And, and, well, I mean, you think back to that time, because I, I think you probably guys probably agree. If if Gus Malzahn loses to Georgia and Bama that year, he's Arkansas's head coach. Like, he it's, it's, like has to, because Auburn would have said, please leave, go. And Arkansas would have been like, hey, we're stupid. Let's hire him. He, this guy just basically got fired from his last job. Let's hire him here. So, uh, yeah, it's amazing how timing and all that works out uh, works out as well. Which, by the way, since we're bringing it up, I'm going to bring up this conspiracy theory with y'all because uh, I want to know what your audience thinks in Auburn, but I also want to know what y'all think about this whole Malzon chad Morris thing real quick, if you'll indulge me. Um, so I can't I, wait to yeah, so I, this is what I think happened when the whole Malzahn, Arkansas, Chad Morris thing went down. We all know that Arkansas fired Brett Bielema, and they also fired Jeff Long, their AD. And they were in this limbo, terrible situation, which I understand why both, both, both those guys needed to go. They were terrible. But they were in a situation where it's like, all right, we don't have an AD. We don't have a head coach. We're basically doing the hiring process by our board of trustees in some suits like that aren't ADs. 
So it was going to be doomed from the start. They wanted Malzahn. They went after Malzahn. They offered Malzahn the farm. And Malzahn was like, you know what? Uh, I don't want the job. But I tell you what. I have a guy that I know, personal friend of mine, who is amazing. He's a guru. He's the next best thing next to me. He's the next up-and-coming coach, and, and he runs the same style and the same philosophy as I do. His name's Chad Morris. He has Texas ties. He's a high school legend. He's your guy. But in the back of Gus Malzahn's mind, he's like, I'm conning these people because I know this dude is not head coaching material. I know this dude is going to fail miserably, but I need one less team to worry about in the SEC West. So, yeah, Arkansas, this guy, you just, just hire him. Hire him. He, he'll be great. And then, of course, the Arkansas idiots that you know, weren't ADs were hiring like, well, if Gus says it, I mean, he would never lead us astray. Let's hire this man. And so they hired him. And I think Malzahn knew and kind of told Chad, they're like, hey, listen, man, it's a tough place to win at. If it doesn't work out, don't worry, don't worry. I, I'll have a spot for you on my staff at Auburn. Just, you know, just go there and uh, see how it goes. But, it, you know, if you fail, don't worry about it. Well, I'll, I'll make sure you're taken care of. Like, I don't know if all that's true, but it certainly looked like it, it could be a possibility. Like, I wouldn't put it past Gus Malzahn. I don't blame him for it if he did that try to sabotage another program another division uh, rival or division opponent like I, I wouldn't be a, I wouldn't think that that would be such a bad idea but that's my conspiracy is that it was all Gus Malzahn's doing and he just happened to do the old bait and switch approach with the Arkansas people who weren't smart enough to know that they were being bamboozled and hired this guy that's my conspiracy behind the whole thing interesting interesting does that have you gotten traction with that in Arkansas? I mean, what, what, what's the kind of feel behind that? Has that gotten any legs? Oh, yeah. Like, people have said, you know okay. what? That's pretty dumb, but it's dumb enough <laughs> to possibly be true. Like, I think, John, I think the biggest uh, issue with it is I think, I think you're giving Gus too much credit. I don't know, man. Like, Gus, Gus is a guy that I've always feel like on the surface, he just seems like a very simple, good old boy. Because you guys got to remember, too. This is a guy that was the offensive coordinator at Arkansas when all that drama went down with Houston Nutt. Right. And, and, led, so, and he worked the system in the, in the behind the scenes. Like he knew what he was doing. So I think that he is a guy that is very, he's very intelligent. I don't think he's maliciously conniving, but I do right. believe he is conniving enough to give him a competitive advantage to win, which is what you want in coaches. So I think that... I think that he was able to uh, to do that because let's be honest, too, guys. Like this is also the guy, and I'm not saying he personally has done it, but you you've seen simple things like you know. I remember the Arkansas Auburn game, like in 2013, maybe or 2015, something like that, where you okay. know he had the Auburn player just kind of like uh, he was fine. They're like, hey man, we need a timeout, fake an injury, and he like just got sniped, like he fell on the ground. So right you know, again, I, I just think that he's a coach, he's competitive, and he'll do whatever it takes to win, which is not a bad thing. I just think that, you know, some simple stuff like that or maybe some complex stuff like that, I just can't put past him. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Interesting. Well, I, John, I will never turn down a conspiracy theory, and I think Michael's in the same boat there. John, let's talk about what's going to be on the field, what's going to happen on the field on Saturday at Jordan-Hare. What are you expecting Arkansas to do? I mean, you know this Chad Moore's offense pretty well. Um, sounds like a little too well based on you know the perspective and how you've talked about how you've had to cover it for the last few years. Uh, what do you think Arkansas is going to do defensively to slow down this, um, this Auburn offense on Saturday? 
You know, it, it's I've been trying to I, I've been trying to look at some uh, you know game tape and all that from Auburn and their uh, opponents. And what's nice about it is that Arkansas and Auburn both have a common opponent already this year in Georgia. So I felt like that was a, a pretty good indication of like, all right, well, this these teams have faced this common opponent. Let's see, uh, you know, what what they both look like. And here's the thing. I believe that Arkansas, because Arkansas has done a phenomenal job at stopping the run. They, they have been a great, I know Mississippi State doesn't run the ball much, but against Georgia, especially in the early going, uh, and actually the rest of the game, because it was really about uh, Stetson Bennett being the guy that uh, performed really well against Arkansas. They were really good at stopping the run, and as we know with Auburn, they've struggled to establish the run this year, which Arkansas has too, which is surprising, because both teams usually uh, were kind of known for their rushing attack, but uh, if if Arkansas or if, excuse me if Auburn is going to you know really be good against Arkansas and vice versa it's almost like the same game plan you got to get the passing game going like because I think that both teams they're going to struggle to run the ball but it's going to be between Bo Nix and Felipe Franks which you know I think that there's some commonalities between them too uh, as quarterbacks so that's why I'm predicting this just to be a very ugly maybe low scoring type of game that's a more of a defensive battle it's just going to be more about which defense is better and also which offense makes the least amount of mistakes so uh, I think that it's going to be uh, another struggle for Auburn to to move the ball effectively uh, I think they'll score more than six points like they get against Georgia but I see them scoring less than 30 against Arkansas as well that the opposite perspective. Hey, Mike, Mike, Michael, uh, start, Michael, start that question over, bud. You're, uh, you, you've, you've timed out or something. Uh, the, uh, I think Zach and I have kind of the opposite perspective on how this game is going to go. Uh, just for me, I don't know if it's a thing or heart kind of thing. Michael, your connection's all over the place, buddy. Okay. Sorry, guys. It's fine, bud. It's fine. Um, you just go ahead and go, and we'll try again later, I guess. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, John, I think that's. Uh, I, I think that makes sense. So, wh- what do you think about the line? What it started at like sixteen, around sixteen, and it's shifted to like two touchdowns now. That seems a little rich to me. And it sounds like you agree. Yeah, yeah. I honestly, I think it started at eighteen. I think it was an eighteen open. Spot. Okay, I never saw that. Ah, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, and I mean four points. That's a ton, um, especially how quickly it is. I, and listen, you know, it's it's overreaction. Let's just be honest, man. It's like it, it's it's people seeing Arkansas's performance against Mississippi State and this Mississippi State offense that was supposed to be so high powered. They held them to fourteen points. And it's also the fact that Auburn only scored six against Georgia. Like didn't even score a touchdown. So. Both of those things mixed in is going to have people overreact when it comes to the spread. Uh, like I said, I just I just have this feeling that you know we're going to see a lower scoring game, and I still think Auburn's going to win. But I, I would be hard pressed to think that like I guess I'll give my score predictions later in the in the week once I get closer to it. But I just have a hard time believing that uh, this game is going to be high scoring by either team. Um, but you know, I could still see Auburn winning by two touchdowns. Like I could see a 28-14 final. Uh, I totally could see that. But uh, as as of right now, though, it's just hard for me to trust either one of these offenses right now to get it done. Yeah, I'm actually a little concerned about when Auburn's on defense. 
Um, we're hearing kind of rumors and rumblings that KJ Bread, Auburn's main linebacker, is going to miss a few weeks. I think that's going to be interesting. And honestly, I, I think this Auburn team as a whole, but especially the defense, I'm curious to see if they got their feelings hurt a little bit getting pushed around against Georgia. I'm really curious to see how they bounce back from that mentally. And under Gus, they've been so much better at home than they have been on the road. So, you know, being at Athens versus at home and Jordan Hare against Arkansas, I mean, it's going to be two totally different things, or at least it could be. I'm curious to see, you know, Arkansas hasn't done a great job running the football. I bet. I just have a sneaky suspicion that Arkansas is going to have its best uh, rushing attack of the young season so far on Saturday. That's my prediction. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't, I don't know. Like it's, I don't know if it is, if you feel the same way, but it's like within two games of the season, it's just still hard to figure out a lot of these teams, you know, and in a lot of these matchups, like, I just feel like, uh, with what, you know, what, I'm just looking at what both teams have done well and you know, where, where both teams are at. I don't think that Arkansas is better than LSU because they beat Mississippi state who beat LSU, you know, like. It's just really hard to figure out these teams right now. But uh, I can tell you this, though, as far as uh, between these two opponents, and like I don't know how you feel about it, but do you feel like the Auburn defensive front is one of the is one of the strengths of this Auburn team? Because when I've watched their tape, that's to me like their their best part of their team right now is their defensive front. Am I uh, am I seeing the wrong things, or is that something that you've seen as well? Based on this season, I would agree with you only for the second half against Kentucky. First half against Kentucky, they really struggled, and then they struggled the whole time against Georgia. I mean, they got pushed around, John. They got pushed around. I mean, the whole front seven did, and they got really banged up. And so I don't know how you fix that at this point of the season. I don't know if it's a personnel thing or if it's a scheme thing, or if it's just a, I mean, Rodney Garner, I think, is one of the best assistant coaches in college football. What he's been able to do with Auburn's defensive line over the last five or six years has been really, really fun to watch. And it kind of climaxed last year with Derek Brown and Marlon Davidson. And a big story all offseason was, all right, how's Auburn going to replace those guys? And we were told by players, we were told by coaches, we were told by media that, you know, claim they had the inside scoop. Oh, it's going to be fine. Oh, it's going to be fine. Well, so far this season, it has not been fine. Tyron Truesdale was a great number two, but now that he's getting double teamed, now that Derek Brown has gone on the inside, you haven't really seen him. And then Daquan Newkirk, who's kind of been the, you know, the, the, the new guy inside there playing that three technique role. He hasn't really been able to win one-on-one matchups. Big Cat Bryant, your senior uh, defensive end, he was injured, missed the first half against, uh, against Kentucky. And then last week against Stetson Bennett, I mean, Stetson Bennett was able to outrun Big Cat Bryant. And, like, that's an issue. That is a, a big-time issue. And then they're starting a, a redshirt freshman in Colby Wooden um, as well. So it, it's just kind of been – I've been disappointed with the defensive front. Hmm. Now, okay. I'm not as concerned about that uh, as much as other issues on Auburn's roster right now just because I trust the coaching staff on the defensive side of the football way more than the offensive side of the football for Auburn. They're going to get that right. I'm not necessarily worried about that. Um, but as far as strengths right now on Auburn's defense, I guess it would be linebacker, but their best guy, or their, at least their team leader, is out. So we'll have to see what that looks like. But, I, you know, John, I really believe Arkansas is going to have its best rushing output on Saturday of the season. I, that is just that is just what I'm putting out there. I don't feel good about it at all from an Auburn standpoint. Really? Okay. Okay. Um 
you know, that's uh, that's to me where it's like I still have a lot of things about this Arkansas team that I don't feel good about. And that's why I've even said to people, I'm like, you know, if Arkansas is going to win this year, they're going to win ugly. They're not good enough to win, like, pretty. <laughs> like, they're just not talented enough to do that. Um, but uh, I might ahead. like, though. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of think that's kind of what he wants. I mean, you think about, you know, your offensive lineman, your, your offensive line coach. Uh, I, I think you kind of think about getting into the trenches, pushing guys around, doing what you need to do. It doesn't matter what it looks like. I think that's just kind of what that's going to look like for Arkansas, like you said, this year. But that just may be the personality that he wants to instill into his team. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think that's part of it. But I also think that, like, guys like uh, Kendall Bryles, the OC, like, he wants to have a an explosive and fun big-time offense. So, you know, I, I, th- I just think that, yeah, at this point in time, they have to win ugly, which I think a lot of coaches in their first year, especially with guys they haven't recruited, need to do and have to do. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. I just, I just think that, you know, four years from now, just thinking that Arkansas, the talent has increased dramatically and they have guys that are, you know, NFL caliber guys at least – uh, more so than they have right now. I just think you're going to see a much prettier uh, and much more efficient type of team than what you see right now. Because the coach, great coaches, just t- you know, deal the uh, play the cards they've been dealt, and you know, I think that they're going to try to continue on with that. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I just, I guess we need a bigger sample size for Sam Pittman and in this team. But I just have a feeling that, uh, especially this year at least. Uh, if they're going to beat, like that's why I keep saying, if they're going to beat Auburn on Saturday, like the way, only way they beat them is if it's like. 17 to 13 you know it's gonna be something disgusting like that so uh but i don't know hey as long as they win though i think sam Pittman and the razorback fans will take it right for sure man do you do you want to do a pick do you want to put our our score predictions out there are you gonna do that later in the week on your show yeah i can go ahead and do it um you know i was thinking uh in this game i still again i still think auburn wins but i think it's close i think it's competitive but i also think it's ugly so uh i'll go out and i'll say uh auburn wins 34, 34 to 21, 34, 21. Wow. I'll say. That's more points. Uh, I'm thinking Auburn wins like 23 to 13. Okay. Or, that's okay. kind of uh, the ballpark I'm thinking. So I, I'm just thinking less points, but kind of the same kind of the same spread there. But yeah, well, man, I'm just looking at it from a perspective of, hey, you know, I've been trying to say that uh, all these games that Arkansas has played in so far, we're going to be high scoring. I'm like, and one of these times I'm going to be right. So uh, maybe maybe that's this weekend. Maybe, you know, we all know about Malzahn and his scoring against Arkansas. So maybe yeah. that's when it all goes down. Yeah, maybe so, man. Maybe so. Well, hey, best of luck to you guys uh, this weekend and for the end of the season. And thanks for doing this, John. Absolutely. And thanks for uh, hopping on with us and uh, you know, doing a little cross-podcasting. It was really fun, man. And uh, looking forward to Saturday. Have a good one. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 